0: No extension for Grant Williams. Not a surprise. Not surprised by that. I'll tell you what that means. Plus, game night, opening night against the Philadelphia 76ers. I'll tell you all of the things that I'm looking for, including the big test for Joe Missoula. And, yeah, they're going to wear new uniforms. It's okay. Their uniforms are going to be okay. It's all right now on the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with Delario B. Corral is above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Prime time, gapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jay's how we started, raising banners. How we finished? Locked on Celtics, pod, home of the winners. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And I'm here for you every day with a free, fresh podcast for you wherever you get your podcasts. So subscribe. It's on every app everywhere on YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube as well. I'd appreciate it if you do. I do appreciate you making this your first listen every day. I'm John Corrales, host of this show, former professional basketball player. And now a credentialed beat writer covering the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. And I was also the author of the book, The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. So search for that. Maybe pick it up for yourself. All right. Today uh, is the big uh, regular season is here podcast. The regular season is officially here. Tuesday night, the Celtics play the Sixers and kick off the season in a huge, huge game. We're going to talk about that in the second segment uh second and third segments really because there's the uniform element and the the uh Bill Russell celebration element all of that but let's start with Grant Williams who did not get the extension as we expected uh meaning I did not expect him to get the extension so this is it's not unexpected that we're in this spot if you've listened to this podcast before last week uh, prior to that, Multiple conversations, which I will sum up briefly. And I I just believe that this means the Celtics are maintaining flexibility. I I, I also think that the Celtics uh, couldn't come to an agreement with Grant on his number. But I also think that they are maintaining flexibility because uh, if you give Grant Williams the big contract, then he becomes what's known as a poison pill contract for this upcoming season and what that means is in a trade scenario with another team the other team for for salary matching purposes because you have to match salaries within a certain range in the nba for salary matching purposes the other team considers grant at the average of all years remaining so this year plus whatever four five year whatever the, the the extension is four years and whatever so the average of that number is what they're working with for the salary match. The Celtics are, are working with his current $4 million or so. So the average could be upwards of 10, $11 million, depending on the number. The Celtics would be working with $4 million. If there is a trade and if Grant Williams is, is included, then that complicates things. And the Celtics just don't want to complicate things. As I've said before, and maybe you didn't hear it on another podcast is very simple. Grant Williams Love Grant Williams. I think he's a really good player. I think he's going to help the Celtics. And if the Celtics decided they wanted to lock him up long-term, totally fine with that. Totally fine with that. However, he's also not the type of player that you tie yourself up, you handcuff yourself over. He's a really good player, but he's not the type of player that should spoil a trade for a big-time player. And if what Grant Williams does this season is – Enough, where another team's like, okay, we got to get rid of this guy, but we're very willing to take Grant back, and you know, um, make that part of like we we find the value in his skill is is that that's something that we're we're willing to do. Then you don't want that to be complicated by now. We got to bring in a third team because third teams don't want to get involved with 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 you know a Grant Williams trade. They and, and the Celtics don't want to be sending out draft picks so they can, you know, more draft picks, whatever the, that deal might be, if there is a deal that presents itself. So basically, I think the Celtics are keeping the flexibility in case something shakes free. And this is the year something will shake free. If there is indeed a race to the bottom for Victor Wembanyama, if teams like Charlotte, who are in the middle, who are, maybe thinking well we could be okay but also we might not be they are maybe willing to say all right we're going to we're going to get rid of good players cheap we're having a little bit of a fire sale we're not going to take back as much as we might normally ask for in some of these guys and that might that might give the Celtics an opportunity to get somebody they might not normally get You got to keep that flexibility open. This is the opportunity for a championship. And if something presents itself between December and the trade deadline and the cost is Grant Williams, you got to bite the bullet. I consider Grant the type of player that's in the, you got to give up something to get something, right? That's how you describe, you're like, oh God, it sucks to give up Grant, but you got to give up something to get something. And this other player either fits better or is a a big time player and, and you can see where that trade would make sense. But this is all theoretical. It's all just just in case. Because what I think is the Celtics will, whenever the season ends, go to Grant and start negotiating before he hits restricted free agency and see if they can't come to a number. I think think at that point, you just sign him to a new contract. It doesn't matter. Um, The... There's going to be a new collective bargaining agreement coming up. There's a TV deal coming up. The tax situation might change. So they might be more willing to, to give him a little bit more money, but for Grant, he's very obviously, you know, I don't want to say bothered by this, but perturbed uh, it, it, it rubs him the wrong way at six thirteen, He tweeted out, let's go get a ring. Now, That seems like a nice sentiment, right? Let's go get a ring at number 18, but it's at 613. This is after the deadline passed and he did not get the extension. So that I think is just the, all right, here we go. I'm going to get a ring and now let's drive up my price. And then he retweets DeAndre Hunter. Uh, Woj says DeAndre Hunter has agreed on a four-year, ninety-five million-dollar contract extension, and that that tweet was right ahead of the six o'clock deadline. This is another number that I think he's looking at. I think he's looking at something in this range. So Grant is very aware of how all of this works. He's in the, he's in the union. He's one of the union uh, leaders, and he had this quote uh, with B Rob at Mass Live, Brian Rob. The, um, you know, he says, for me, my whole dream with the guys is being a champion. It's been my thought since I was a four-year-old kid. Here's the here's the money part. It's great to make money. It's great to be valued by an organization. But like they say, you always have multiple organizations around. So just making sure you take advantage of the moments you are in. We'll see if I get extended. It's going to be happy. I want to be in Boston. It's the place I want to be with the team I'm on. I love the guys here and people here. You want to make sure that your value is there as well. Pointed comments, not exactly hiding. Uh, He wants to stay in Boston, but he wants his, his real value. And this is part of the business. This is part of the business. He has every right to go out there and search for a new deal. He has every right to sign an offer sheet somewhere else uh, after this. And the Celtics are going to be forced into, do they match or do they not? And I think as long as they keep open lines of communication between now and then, it'll be understood. Business is business. You conduct your business how you conduct your business. But then on the court, I'm sure Grant and Brad have a fine relationship. Grant has a good relationship with the guys. I think, I think he'd like to stay. I think everybody would like him to stay. But business is business. You can't tie yourself up. Again, you cannot handcuff yourself over Grant Williams. As much as I like Grant, he's not the thing. You handcuff yourself over Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, right? Robert Williams, Marcus Smart, but even that wasn't too too much. But those are the deals, the guys who you are absolutely positive are going to be here long term. So that's it. That's that's the thought on Grant. I just think it's a business decision. We'll see how the business goes. I don't think it's gonna impact him on the court, but we'll see. We'll see. And if it does, somebody's gonna have a conversation with him. I don't think it will. On the court is where we're going to see him next because the Celtics play the Philadelphia 76ers Tuesday night opener. And this is a big game. This is an important game and maybe one of the most important October games we're ever going to see. And I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. First, we know these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. I grew up in small businesses, I was also a hiring manager. I know that hiring the right person is super, super important, and you want to be 100% certain that you have the access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Free is a good price. Again, I, I've I've had to hire people in the past, but it was a long time ago, before things like LinkedIn Jobs came around, and they just make everything so much easier. You can. Add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. That just spreads the word. They know, oh, you're hiring. It's right there on your profile picture. And uh, simple tools like screening questions, it makes it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize uh, who you'd like to interview and hire. You know you gotta finish the year strong and get the right team member on, just like we've been talking about with the Celtics. Getting the right person on the team is going to help you. So small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in developing, de- delivering sorry, quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash NBA. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen. Game to Game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. It's a new thing that we've got on here. Game to Game Locked On NBA. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I highly suggest you pick you subscribe to that podcast. All right, Celtics Philly big opening night and these opening opening night games are always a big deal. Um obviously you're kicking off the season. Celtics Philly is a is, is super super important. Philly is there at the top uh, of the East with the Celtics with Milwaukee. Every team in the East has some questions, right? The Celtics are still trying to answer questions about how they're going to handle themselves. Things look great over the first uh, few weeks. Training camp, I think, was really, really good for them. I think they came out of it getting a lot of what they wanted to accomplish. They seem uh, focused. It's it's really impressive how they kind of banded together and and focused on the floor. But they still have questions. So does Philly. So does Milwaukee. So does Brooklyn, obviously. All of these teams have the potential to be the one seed, especially Philly and Milwaukee. Um, this this game is potentially looked. We could look back on opening night five months from now and say that win or that loss is where they lost the tiebreaker or won a tiebreaker, and a a three seed versus a two seed. You know you're playing uh, a three seed. You, you think about all of the teams in the East: Boston, Milwaukee. Brooklyn, Philly, Miami, Cleveland, that's six teams. You want to get to uh, Toronto at seven, let's say, Atlanta at eight, That that's not exactly great, but you want to avoid one of these other really good teams. If you go three, six, um, and... All of a sudden, you're facing the Miami Heat in the first round. That's less desirable than maybe going 2-7 or 1-8, and you've got a flawed Toronto team or a flawed uh, Atlanta team, or maybe another team hops in and, and shocks somebody in the play tournament. The whole point here is you want to get that highest seed possible, especially this year, and opening night is... This this has implications. This has real, real implications, which is kind of daunting for a team that still hasn't figured out exactly who's going to play with whom. There is still experimentation to be done over the next couple of weeks, three, four weeks even, because Luke Cornett's going to play. Luke Cornette is going to play. When does he play? With whom? In which lineup? At practice on Monday, Joe Mazzula said, we built an identity, especially last season, of playing big. In preseason, we've shown that we can be small and kind of play with our speed and skill. So it's a matter of us, which one we want to play to, and how do we want to be comfortable out there on the floor? It's something that we're going to have to talk about and make changes throughout the year. So that right there tells you we have two kind of identities that we're working on that... Carry over that, that Missoula has talked about is, is important and playing big is important. And this is a team you may want to play big against. So when are we going to see Luke Cornette, who is a big person? He's a large individual and he is athletic. He can go up and get lobs. He can get up and block shots. He can, he can be helpful. Does he start? Does he play with the starters? Do you start with Derek White and see? Because that's some continuity from the preseason. And if it's obvious that they're too small in that scenario, you sub in Luke Cornette two, three minutes into the game. That's a possibility here. But size is going to be an issue for this team. Can you can you get that size on the floor against a team like the Sixers? And, you know, a floor spacer or a guy who has the potential to be a floor spacer like Cornette, or maybe. You know, Vonley has been out there taking threes. Uh, Blake Griffin uh, has been out there. You know, he's worked He's worked on his three. Last year wasn't a good year for him, but the year before was. Can, can one of those guys get out there and space the floor against uh, Joel Embiid? And can one of those guys draw Embiid away from the rim? Because one other thing that I'm looking at in this game is Jason Tatum versus... The size, Jason Tatum generally does not do well against big front lines. He tends to pull away from the rim. He tends to rely on jumpers. He tends to uh, really try to get too fancy around the rim. So I'm really looking at the Tatum versus the size of Philadelphia and Joel Embiid. Is he going to continue that Tough, hard driving that has impressed me so much. Getting to the front of the rim rather than gliding past it and trying to flip it over on the on the side or off the backboard. Getting to the front of the rim. Playing with power. Play off two feet. Play through contact. A lot of that stuff, what Jason Tatum has been doing, uh, keeping the ball high away from people slapping down on the ball. Philly's going to have a pretty good defensive team. They've got some guards in there. That can really get in there and and be disruptive with their hands. Uh, so, uh, you know, obviously, Matisse Thiebel is is one of the guys that stands out there. Can he be that aggressive? Can he attack and be the guy that we've seen so far in the preseason against a, a better defensive team, the best th- defensive team they faced uh, so far. And again, size, more size than they've seen so far. Uh, how Tatum attacks that front line and attacks beat is going to be a big thing. That's going to be a big, big thing that I'm uh, looking for. So, and then obviously, you know, you've got this. You just want to see that carry over the, the Malcolm Brogdon lineups. How are they going to do the, how are they going to stagger Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum? We saw against Toronto Jalen Brown played basically the whole first quarter. A little bit of a departure because Tatum has played uh most of these first quarters. And then you, you go with Jalen Brown in the second uh in the second quarter or start second quarters. But maybe you go, you just go Brogdon and and Tatum with a couple of shooters, Grant and Sam Hauser and a big, and you just kind of see how that goes. And, and maybe that's a way for the Celtics to do what they've done all preseason, which is pull away in second quarters. Play a tight, tough first quarter then pull away and get some distance in the second quarters. I think they've they've won second quarters by a fair amount in the preseason. And they want to see that trend continue. Uh, I want to see how they do against Philly. I don't think Philly is a deep team. So that second unit is going to be another thing to watch with Brogdon and how Brogdon is going to be. Uh, deployed and who, which star is going to be next to him in that second unit. And then obviously the Al Horford, uh, you know, Al Horford guarding Embiid. I I assume that Horford's going to go out there and play whenever Embiid is on the floor. Celtics might get lucky here in that, in the sense that I don't think Doc is going to go out there and play Embiid 40 minutes to open the season. I think he wants to preserve Embiid. So you might see a little slow ramp up there too. So, if Embiid plays thirty minutes and Horford plays all thirty Embiid minutes, then that's fine. So that's that's going to be something uh, that I'm I'm looking for in this game. And then maybe the biggest of all is Joe Mazula. and the he, you know he said something at practice on Monday that just kind of made me think. He's not overwhelmed, but a little wide-eyed with some of this stuff. As he should be. It's a normal thing. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. Thanks for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. You can also make Lockdown NBA your second listen every day. Lockdown NBA, rotating hosts all week. I normally host on Wednesdays with Jake Madison. I won't be this week because I'll be at the Garden covering the Celtics and doing the Lockdown Celtics podcast for you, uh, so that's going to be a late night. That means somebody subbing in for me on Lockdown NBA, but I'm usually there on Wednesday. So make sure you're subscribed. Get it on the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. Also on YouTube. It's a great, uh, great look at the biggest stories around the NBA Monday through Friday. Joe Missoula was asked about you know the the first. This is your first regular season game. Um, I, on Boston Sports Journal, wrote my Celtics season preview. I started it out by saying that Joe Mazzulla went into the summer wishing that he would come out of it as an NBA head coach, and he did. Except he was hoping it would be with the Utah Jazz, and this situation is almost like wishing on a monkey paw, where you tell the monkey paw, I want to be an NBA head coach, and the, the monkey plow, curls the finger, and then you cut to the news report of Ime Udoka getting suspended and Joe Mazzula getting the interim head coach. It it just is a, just a slam together, get the job a few days before training camp, no time to come up with your own plan, no time to hire your own assistant coaches, no time to do anything but go with the flow and basically try to play Ime Udoka's sheet music. And Through it all, if he's a normal human being, which, you know, he is, there has to be a moment where he's in his office or at home or stuck in traffic in his minivan. And he says, I can't believe that I am the head coach of the Celtics. There has to be a moment where he's just like, oh my God, what is happening here? Because I I have those moments and I'm just writing about the damn team. He's just got to be every once in a while. And he says, quote, I've definitely had moments of gratitude. I have moments of like, it's special to be here. You have to take those moments in, but at the same time, I think you have to focus on the most important thing. And then he goes on about the game and how do you execute and all that stuff. But that's, that's, that's code. Like that moment, the moment of gratitude, the moments of like, it's special to be here is that's the moment where he's like, um, I am, uh, I'm shocked and amazed. And I can't believe that I have this job. And yeah, that's gratitude. That's, you know, it's special to be here, but oh my God, <laughs> he has to, he has to, that's just a normal reaction, but he's also really smart. He's a really smart guy and he's he has the team focused. And the the regular season is going to be interesting for him. I'm impressed with how he's had the team ready to play, focused, detail oriented, all that stuff. I'm impressed by by that. But it's kind of easy. That was kind of the easy part. And I don't want to say it's easy necessarily, but that was the easy part because everybody Wants to everybody wanted to get the email stuff uh, quieted down. Very easy to rally these guys together and say, "Okay, we got to focus on this stuff." It, it's everybody wanted to put that other stuff out of their heads so they can focus on the the task at hand. Now comes the regular season. What happens when you're up 16 in the third quarter and the other team goes on a run, a 14-2 run, and now you're up four going into the fourth you know do you do you hold it together can you process what's happening can you recognize what's happening on the floor that stuff comes with experience and he's only got a few years experience in the nba he's still very raw now he might still be good and just hey some people are just great at at a younger age and that could just be joe mazula and be fine our questions will be answered early he recognizes these situations. He recognizes lineups and patterns and all that stuff before anybody else does and makes the changes and everything's great. That could very well be, but we haven't seen it. We haven't seen a track record. Uh, we didn't see a track record from Mimi Doka either, but he just had so much experience that you felt better about all those years with pop the years across the league playing in the NBA, having seen a lot of things playing in the NBA. Uh, he had he's been around the league for a very long time. He has seen a lot of the league. Missoula, when Robert Williams was drafted, Missoula was a head coach of the Division II school in West Virginia. So he hasn't seen a lot of the NBA, not not from this perspective. So experience is a, a, a the best teacher in life, just in general. In life, me doing the podcast, having gone through certain things, I can now recognize certain things. I can be better about certain things. Uh, I can give advice to people about how to do stuff where before I was flying by the seat of my pants and trying to figure it out on the fly. We need to see what, what Joe Mazula is going to do. What's it going to be like and how quickly can he learn his lessons? Cause he will screw up and he will have lessons that will be learned. How quickly can he learn those lessons? Can he apply them right away? That's going to be the big thing. And how does everybody rally around him? How do the guys rally around him? Everybody needs to be on the same page. Everybody needs to be rallying for one another for this thing to work this year. This is just everybody together, full team effort. We need to see that from day one and we need to see it for, you know, eight months. So uh, that's going to be, that's gonna be the, the first moment of that is going to be against the Sixers. Now, as I wrap up, just this is going to be a, a special game for the Celtics, uh, it is a game celebrating Bill Russell. Um, this is one of two tributes to Bill Russell. Uh, there's the obvious game here on, on this night. And then again, on his birthday on the, uh, February 18th, uh, February 12th, I'm sorry. Uh, Bill Russell tribute night on February 12th against the Memphis Grizzlies. This pregame ceremony includes Uh, singing performances, a poet, uh, the Boston children's chorus performing at halftime, uh, uh, contributions to his mentoring program. Uh, they're going to raffle off these new city edition jerseys, autograph them and, and raffle them off to go to the mentoring program. So a very, uh, extensive tribute to Bill Russell will be done on this day. And those uniforms I got to mention these uniforms as I as I wrap this show up. I tweeted it out and people the the reaction was mostly positive. I'm going to say 70 70/30 70, uh, positive. I think the people who had criticisms of it were saying uh, they look like Milwaukee Bucks jerseys. Okay, I can see that. It's it's a very Milwaukee shade of green. Uh, some people just don't like it. It's, you're just not going to satisfy everybody all the time, uh, but it's a it's a deeper forest green. The script Celtics is patterned after the sign from uh, a restaurant that Bill Bill Russell owned, and there are eleven diamonds down the side for eleven rings. The number six on the belt, surrounded by eleven diamonds. I I like I like them. I like the black trim. I like the gold and black. There's a, a a parquet kind of pattern in there and, the, and that piping on down the side. It's different. I like it. It's not the traditional Celtics green. That's okay. It's an alternate Jersey. This isn't their all, all the time Jersey, the standard green and white jerseys still exist. They're going to be used most of the time, but in today's NBA, this is just how it goes. This is, there's an alternate Jersey. These are the city edition jerseys and they're in honor of Bill Russell. Bill Russell had a hand in this, so he knew about this before, the you know before they were unveiled, and and so that to me, I'm in, I'm in. It's great as an alternate. I'm fine with alternate jerseys. People don't have to lose their minds all, over every. I mean, every alternate jersey. Every time a new one comes out, it's ah, pff, this is terrible. No, just I know, I know, I know that there's a Vista print tag on it. Just. Get used to it. Get over it. It's been around. These these jersey patches are there. Uh just accept it and move on. This is how it is now. The, you know, the, the number of people who are like, oh, Bill Russell really loved Vistaprint. Like, you know, just, just lighten up, Francis. So I think these are fine. I've I've been on record. I think the Celtic City edition edition jerseys one day should be the paint. A uh, pattern from the the gas tank on the side of uh, 93 in uh, was it Dorchester there? Uh, yeah, like that's do that. That's as much city uh, of Boston as anything. So do that. Do a brick. You know, we want to do like some sort of brick uh, Freedom Trail type of thing. Sure, give it a shot. What what's the what's the harm? It's just an alternate Jersey. Let it go. I like these. These are clean. I like them. I will accept. I will accept that they look a little, a little too Milwaukee with that shade of green, but other than that, I think it's, I think it's, it's pretty good. Maybe, maybe they could have gone a little, a little more Kelly green on it, but that's fine. Minor, minor, minor thing. So enjoy that. I think a lot of people are gonna, obviously going to be snapping up these jerseys. So I think it's going to be a fun, a fun game, and uh, obviously a special night uh, honoring Bill Russell. They put the number six in the lane. That's a really nice touch, uh, and I think it's just going to be an awesome night. So I will be uh, podcasting after the game, late drop, late, late drop for for that podcast, probably like around 3 in the morning or so. So it will be there for you when you wake up, or if you're on the West Coast, it will be there at midnight, or if you're somewhere else in the world where plenty of you are, it will be there at a time that is however many time zones away you are for me at about 3 a.m. Can't be more specific than that. Maybe you'll get it first thing in the morning. Maybe you'll get it on your way home from work. But wherever you are, I hope you enjoy the show. And I hope that you are a subscriber. If not, please subscribe. This podcast is daily. Free, fresh podcast for you Monday through Friday. So subscribe. Subscribe on YouTube. You can watch the show on YouTube if you'd like. You can ring the bell there and get notified once the show drops. If you'd like, comment. Especially important commenting and sharing the podcast. Spread the word. Tell your friends and everybody. They should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.